Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Revelation chapter number one, uh, we're starting a series. Last week we began this series, and I appreciate the feedback from this. And I want to mention again this week as we study the second week of this multi-week series in the book of Revelation, there are some that like the study of Revelation because they love the end times. They like watching the news and saying, I knew it, I knew it. Look what's happening. Jesus is coming again. But the reality is this, Jesus can come at any time. There's nothing that has to happen in order for Jesus to be able to come. Everything that has needed to happen, that's the imminent reign of, or, or return of Jesus Christ. Jesus can come at any moment. And so he doesn't need for things to line up on the news in order for him to come. He has things in order in his plan, and he's coming at his time. And it, I pray, is soon. I pray that we hear that trumpet sound and we are uh, raptured into heaven. That day is going to be a wonderful day. Jesus Christ is coming again. It's a reminder that he's coming again. But also as we study the book of Revelation, some some get excited about the fact that Jesus is coming. Some say this, I, I don't want to study this because it's a it's a fearful event. It's scary. All these things that, that are going to transpire, it just brings fear and anxiety into an already fearful and anxious world. And as we study through the book of Revelation, uh, and I want us to see this even today, we're not studying it so that it brings us anxiety. We're going to study this because it should bring the Christian peace knowing that God is in control. Then some will study the book of Revelation and say, I just can't understand all of the things that it's saying. And so it becomes frustrating. And so I'm just going to put it down and maybe pick up something easier to study. And I would say this, God has given us every book in the Bible, including the book of the Revelation, and it's for our good. And we are to study through every book, including this book. And yes, it's, it can be frustrating. It can be difficult to understand. And so I pray as we unpack this uh, message, a series, that you would find this to be a message that brings peace to the believer. I pray that you would find this to be a message where it brings understanding and a time where there's not fear, but anticipation that Jesus Christ is coming again. I'm going to remind you what I reminded you of last week. Look with me, if you would, please, in verse number three. I had someone ask me even this week, why would we study the book of Revelation? And I told him in verse number three, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the word of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. That, that beginning of verse number three, blessed, blessed is he. We love that verse. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And we'll, we'll say that there's blessings in that. Well, there's blessings for those that read this. There's blessings for those that hear it. And there's blessings to those that obey it or keep it. And so there's a blessing for the church. There's a blessing for us to understand understand what God desires for us to understand. Now, there are some things, I'll just be totally honest with you, there are some things in the book of Revelation that are difficult to understand. I believe that one day we will truly understand all of it, but it's not healthy for us to guess at it. 
For centuries, Bible scholars have tried to guess at different things only to be proven wrong. Where the Bible is clear and the Bible reveals truth to us, we're to receive it and obey it. Where the Bible seems like it's, it's uh, unclear and we're unsure, then it's not for us to try to figure it out because coming to a conclusion that's not truthful isn't beneficial to any of us. And so I want us to make sure as we're studying through this book that we understand what God has because blessed is he that readeth, he heareth, and also keepeth the things that are in this book. I want you to go to verse number four here today. We only got through a few verses, and I, I'll be honest, we're going to, in the first few weeks, just for probably the first three weeks here, we're going to just kind of build a foundation. And once we build that foundation, we will go through it uh, somewhat quickly and understanding uh, more chapters at a time. But, but last week, I just went to the first three verses to build a foundation. What we're going to study in the book of Revelation, it is the study of the revealing of Jesus Christ. That's what this book is about. This book is not about all the destruction. This book, the, the, the theme of this book is not Armageddon. The theme of this book is not wars and judgments. You might find those things contained in the book of Revelation, but the theme of the book of Revelation is Jesus Christ. And we want to find Jesus in all that we study. And so we looked at that last week. And then today we come to verse number four, John, the seven, uh, to the seven churches, which are in Asia. Grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. In verse number four, we find John is writing to these churches. And, and in the weeks to come, we're going to look at these churches specifically. Who are these seven churches? What is the message that God is giving to these seven churches? Where do we find ourselves in relation to these seven churches? And so we're going to find that there's seven churches. What's the significance of these seven churches? In the same uh, verse, we find this. Not only do we find these seven churches, we find seven spirits which are before his throne. Look with me, if you would, down in verse number 20 of the same chapter. Jesus is speaking, and he says, fear not. In verse number 17, I am the first and the last. Here's the message. We're finding Jesus Christ through everything. We're finding Jesus Christ, the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ. And this is what he says for those that look at the book of Revelation and say it's just full of fear and anxiety. Jesus has a statement. He says this in verse 17, fear not. I am the first and the last. You know what that means? I'm the beginning and I'm the end. He's always with us. He's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. This reminds me that Jesus Christ is in control. For the Christian today that is looking at the events of this world, and part of you says, I can't wait for Jesus to come. And you can't wait, not because you want to see Jesus, but because you can't stand this world anymore, and you're worried about condition of this world. You're looking for the wrong thing. We're looking to see Jesus because of who he is. We're looking to see Jesus because what he had done for us, because he loved us. Jesus said this, I'm the first and the last. I'm the beginning, I'm the end. He says in chapter number, or verse number eight, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, which is, which was, which is to come. The almighty Jesus is giving us this promise for us to hold on to. But in verse number 20, 
he says this, the mystery. And there is, there's a lot of mystery. The mystery of the seven stars. We find this, these numbers again, these seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand. And the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. We, we find here in this passage of Scripture, in verse, chapter number one, again, I'm, I'm laying the foundation today. If, if you were to just take this individual message uh, without last week and without the weeks to come, you might not see the significance necessarily in, in just this one single message. But uh, I'm preaching this message today to help us understand what's going to come so that we can understand because blessed is the man that he, that reads it, that hears it, and then obeys this, this, this book, the prophecies of this book. And so we need to understand it so that we, uh, so that we can be obedient to it. And so today's message, we're going to lay a foundation. We see this word, this word seven, this number seven throughout the Bible, and you're going to see numbers throughout the book of Revelation or symbolism. Well, I want to look today, what are the symbolisms of these numbers that we're going to find? You see, the book of Revelation is full of all kinds of symbols and signs. Verse number 20 tells us something very significant, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in the right hand. Did, did, did John really see uh, Jesus holding seven stars? literal stars in his right hand? You see, all through the Bible, all through the book of Revelation specifically, we're going to find symbols and we're going to find signs. Verse number one, look what he says in verse number one, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent in signified or uh, a sign, gave a sign. This book is full of signs with, which are significant for us to understand what God is trying to tell us. There's symbols in the book of Revelation. John, as he's writing, we find that John is the one writing this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. He's penning these things. But John is allowed to see into the future. And as John is seeing into the future and he's writing these things, some of the things that John is writing is symbolic. John is writing, what is, 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 uh, what is he writing? At times, we see the symbols in this book. We see John, that he's writing of, of animals, or he, he's trying to depict what he's seeing, and he, he gives us that, that in, in writing of animals. John describes Jesus as a lamb. Is Jesus Christ a lamb? No, it's a symbol, because John is also going to describe Jesus Christ as a lion. Well, to understand what he's writing, he's using that as a symbol. Jesus Christ, a lamb going to the slaughter. He's meek. He's lowly in heart. He's, he's kind. He's compassionate. He went to that cross and he shed his blood like a lamb would, would give his life. And here, here he's described as a lamb, but he is described as gentle and lowly. But he's also, he's also this lion of the tribe of Judah. So John is using these as symbols for us to understand what he's describing. He uses creatures. He describes creatures or, or, or things around the throne of God. He describes one as a face. We'll find this in our study in the future here. We'll find a face of a lion. 
He sees a face of an ox, a face of an eagle, a face of a man. He sees these, these that are surrounding the throne. These are all symbolic symbols of what he, he is seeing. He's describing this as a symbol, the beast that comes up out of the sea. He's going to describe there's this beast that comes up out of the sea. And he, we learn of this. This is the Antichrist. He also describes a beast that comes out, out of the land. And this is the false prophet of the Antichrist. Well, there's not going to be, as we're studying through the book of Revelation, if you're watching the news and you're looking, look, there's a, there's a, a hurricane coming, there's, there's a tsunami coming, and, and I really think that in that tsunami, if there's somebody that comes up out of the water, that must be the Antichrist. The Antichrist is not literally coming out of the sea, the physical sea. It's a symbol that he's going to show. The, the Antichrist is going to be, one, a human being that is filled with Satan, He's going to rise. He's going to rule the world. But as John is writing, as we'll see, we're going to see this, this symbol of this Antichrist. John speaks of stars. Here we find in Revelation 1, we find Jesus holds the seven stars in his right hand. This is symbolic. We're going to find in this book, we're going to find where we're going to read of the great red dragon, Satan. Satan, the great red dragon, is going to sweep a third of the stars out of heaven with a, his great tail. This is symbolism. Satan is not a red dragon like we might see at, at a Halloween. That's, it's a symbol. Why? Because of what a great red dragon, what he sees and the cruelty and, and, and the, the fire and all these things that, that symbolize this great red dragon. Is, so John is going to use these symbols and it's important for us. So as we're studying, we don't understand. We're not thinking, well, John is saying that Satan is a red dragon physically, literally. John's going to speak of colors. We're going to see John not only speak of numbers, he's going to speak of colors. He's going to speak of white robes, and that color has significance. He's going to speak of white horses, Jesus coming back, and those with him on white horses. The bride of Christ, those of us that are the bride of Christ, we're going to, John is going to write of us dressed in white. All of that is significant. It's symbolism that John is going to be teaching and using as he describes what he sees. The Bible says this of Jesus, that he'll be sitting on a great white throne, judging. We also read of this color, we'll read of the color green. There's a rainbow that's gonna be described as we get into this book. And this rainbow is not one of any other type of rainbow we've ever seen. It's emerald, it's an emerald rainbow. And that, that green, that emerald rainbow that we're going to see is symbolic. But what it's going to un help us understand and understanding what he's writing in the symbolic way is it's the, it's the emblem of life or eternal life. We're going to see horses that are going to be 
described. And sometimes these horses, people think, oh, a black horse or a gray horse, and, and they're used as symbols. This black horse that he's going to ride of is going to be just simply, as he's riding, it's going to symbol famine. The gray horse, as he's riding, is going to symbol death. And the red horse, when we see that coming in, is going to be symbolic of war that's going to come at that time of his riding. He's going to ride of a woman dressed in purple. See, what's the significance of that? What she's dressed in, the purple that she's dressed in, is important because it shows us and helps us understand this symbol of richness or royalty. And I know I'm giving you a lot here, but I'm wanting to lay this foundation because as we study, when we understand that some of these are symbolic, some say, so is Revelation symbolic or is it literal? Do we take it as symbolic or we take it literally? And the answer is yes. It's both. They're symbols that we're to take literally. The Satan is symbolized as this red dragon, and we are to take the fact that Satan is real. A third of the, uh, his, his, his tail sweeps across heaven, and a third of the stars, the Bible will tell us, is, is swiped out of heaven there. And, and did his tail, does he, does he literally have a tail that took the literal stars, a third of the stars out of heaven? No, it's, it's symbolic. But it's helping us understand what God has for us. You say, what's the purpose of this? The purpose of that is this, because we're looking for Jesus in everything we speak. We're not looking to scare or bring attention to something that is not supposed to bring attention to. Because God has a message for his people through this book. In understanding, there are symbols that we can find in this book, but understanding that these symbols represent something literal. And so we find John is speaking of animals he might see. John is speaking of colors. John speaks of the earth. We're going to find, as we study the book of Revelation, we're going to find a woman sitting upon seven mountains. There's really not a woman big enough to sit on seven mountains. It's symbolic. What is that symbolic of? Those seven mountains represent Rome. You know, I want to get ahead of myself, but there's, it's symbolic. He's going to speak of this heaving sea. As he speaks of this heaving sea, it's speaking of people, nations, languages, tongues. It's representing the human race. He speaks of a river that's coming from the throne of God. And as we see this river coming from the throne of God, what is the significance? What, why, why, why do we need to know this? And why is it important to know this? Because that river that is flowing from the th- throne of God speaks of the blessings of God. You say, the book of Revelation speaks of the blessings of God? Yes, that is what I want us to understand as we study the book of Revelation. This is not a world out of control. This is not something that's going to take God by surprise. This is something that is in order. This is God's plan. 
as we see these different symbols, they tell us this reassures us as we see this river coming from the throne of God. It ought to reassure us that these are the blessings that God has. Listen to me, Christian, there are so many, especially in this room today, living in this lifetime, living in this generation, there are some that are just filled of anxiety and hurt and depression and a worry of what's going to happen for tomorrow. I want you to know this, that God has blessings just for you. As I said last week, the things that we're dealing with in this world, there's some that that took everything they could to get up this morning and face the day. I want you to know that the blessings that God has for your life, what you're dealing with in this moment, it is not the end. But that God, the end for God and for you is we are going to be in his presence for all of eternity. As bad as you might feel today with the overwhelming things of this world, know this, that those that know Christ as your Savior, you are going to be with Jesus Christ, your Savior. There's going to be no more pain, no more death, no more crying, no more tears. That is something everyone can look forward to that day. And that, that is told us in the book of Revelation. And so in chapter number one, verse number four, we see these seven churches or the seven spirits. Would you write this down today? Again, today is just a foundation as we begin this study in the book of Revelation. I want you to write this down. The key number of the book of Revelation we're going to see is seven. The key number that we're going to see is seven. We're going to look for these numbers. We're going to talk about numbers here today. But the key number that we're going to see is this seven. We're going to read of seven churches. We're going to read of seven seals. We're going to read of seven trumpets, seven vials, seven judgments, seven new things, seven persons. We're going to see this this number seven because seven is the key number that we're going to find in the book of Revelation. And I want you to understand something. As we're studying the book of Revelation, these numbers are important. These numbers are a part of God's plan. These numbers reveal something, whether symbolic or literal, it reveals something to us so that we can understand what God is trying to tell us. And so, as I said, do we interpret the book of Revelation literally or symbolically? And the answer is this, as we study through both, we'll see the symbols of Revelation and we're going to see the literal things that those symbols point us to. All right, so a woman, as I said, sitting on those seven hills, Rome. This is a symbol. This will be a symbol, the symbol of Rome. So as we see these seven hills, we're going to find who this woman may be and what symbolizes the fact that she's sitting on these these seven hills of Rome. It's going to be important as we study this book. So those seven hills, that number seven is important. It gives us the location that John is seeing and wants us to understand. You see, we find out what the symbol stands for, and then what we do is we literally believe what we've read. We stand, we find what the symbols stand for, and then we literally believe what we've read. Now, Jesus used, Jesus, when he taught, Jesus used uh, parables, parables could be described as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. 
He would talk about different parables. They were symbols of what Jesus was speaking. It was something so that the people could understand the message. You say, well, if they were parables, if they weren't real stories, then, then there's nothing to get out. No, every parable Jesus taught, there was a message that he wanted us to learn in that parable. And so today I'm going to give us three things as we... As we look into the book of Revelation, I want us to just set this foundation for this, the numbers. Because there's a lot of, a lot of things that you're going to find, uh, and I'm not going to get into the, the negative necessarily, but there's a lot of people that will take numbers and they'll look at numbers, and by the time they're done showing you numbers, your head is spinning and you're thinking, what does that have to do with anything? When God gives us numbers, there's order to it. There's purpose to it. And so I want you to write this down. Number one, numbers, numbers are a matter of science. Numbers are a matter of science. Just like numbers are a matter of science and are important to science, so are the numbers that we find in the book of Revelation important for us to understand what God has for us in this book. Because the God that wrote the Bible also wrote the, the laws of nature. Man did not write the laws of nature. God did. Man can't change the laws of nature because God has set those in order. And numbers help reveal those laws of nature. Now, some in here might be a, a mathematician. Maybe there's some engineers and some others that just, you know, numbers are your life. And you'll understand this even better than some of us that, that just aren't gifted in that area. But numbers are important Numbers are needed when it comes to science, when it comes to building, when it comes to understanding. Numbers are vitally important. But we must understand this, that man did not create this order, that God did. I heard, I heard a message, and, and I was joking about this. I said, um, what's going to happen in, in education, in, in indoctrination type of education, the way things are going... If, if you can come and decide if you're a boy or a girl, not based upon if you're biolog biologically born, the number of chromosomes in your body or whatever it may be, but you get to decide, I said, what's going to happen? One day they're going to say two plus two isn't really four, it's whatever you want it to be. I was, read I was watching a video that somebody had given me this past week, and this lady on this video said this, they said, this is racist. I said, I thought, this is interesting. Two plus two, and this is literally what she said. It's racist because there's people that have determined that two plus two is four, but some may want two plus two to be five, and they should be allowed to determine that. And I just sat there and thought to myself, could you imagine if two plus two isn't four, and it can be whatever number you want it to be? Buildings would fall down. I mean, things would just fall apart because the reality is this. Two plus two is four. It's never more than four. And it wasn't because you and I decided that two plus two is four. It's all about God's design because God is a God of order and God is a God of design. Numerical laws, laws of number, they come from the mind of God. They're not coming from the mind of man. God has allowed man to know these things, but the principles and the signs behind it and the numbers, they come from the mind of God. So God, 
God puts mathematics in all matter. In, in literal matter, there's mathematics in it. In biology, there's mathematics in it. I, I love this about biology and I love this about God, that it doesn't matter if man says, I want to be this or I want to be that. The reality is this, God who created man put a certain number of things inside of a, a male and certain number inside of a female, and that determines if they're male or female, not a person's thoughts or feelings. Hear me, I'm not saying that in any kind of controversial, hateful way. I'm simply laying the foundation of this. God sets design and God sets order and he uses numbers to do that. Numbers. We're going to see that through the book of Revelation. There's a mathematical arrangement in everything. Each cell has a certain number of chromosomes. Mark this down someplace in your notes, in your mind. God loves numbers, and he uses numbers in his plan. God uses numbers in his plan. These numbers that we're going to see as we study the book of Revelation, that complicates things for the majority of people. Understand this. Why does God put those there? What do these numbers mean? Why all these seven churches and seven candlesticks? And why are we going to see all these things? And what's the significance of that is because God is showing us something as we, he reveals these numbers to us. Numbers, numbers are a matter of science. Number two, would you write this down? And I'm going to spend a little bit of time here. There's a, there's a symbolic meaning of numbers in the book of Revelation. There's a symbolic meaning of numbers in this book of Revelation. And the numbers that we find in Revelation are symbolic all throughout the Bible. God uses numbers all throughout the Bible. Numbers in the Bible have symbolic meaning. And, and allow me to take some time here this morning. Again, I, and I want you to understand, I'm, I'm setting a foundation for our series here today. There's numbers that are used throughout the Bible. The number one is used throughout the Bible. It's, it's, it's used when we find it in the Bible. The number one, it speaks of unity in the nature of God. And let me, let me, let me just illustrate that. In Deuteronomy 6.4, what do we find? There's one Lord. In Zechariah 14.9, you put that in your margin, you go back and look, you know what you find? There is one Lord. This this one, when we speak of of, of the Bible, speaks of unity in the nature of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, it tells us this, there's one Lord, there's one God, there's one Father. All through the Bible, when you hear this number one, and as we study through the book of Revelation, we see this number, it's going to be symbolic but it's going to point back to the reality of this. When it's speaking of this number, it's going to speak of the unity and nature of God. The number two is going to speak of witness. This is important because we'll find this throughout the book of Revelation. Number two is it speaks of witness. Again, let me just illustrate that. In John 8, 17, we find this. There's a testimony uh, of two men is true. When there's just one, 
when there's two testimonies, that's, 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 that's truth. When two people come together and testify of something, the, the thing they come together and testify of, we take it as true. In the Old Testament, there was a, a witness is needed to bring an accusation of someone. There has to be a witness or two that come together and agree with what they've seen to bring an accusation. This is a principle that we find throughout the Bible. Two is a number of witness. Jesus is the second person in the Trinity. And look what the Bible says here of him in, in verse number five of chapter one of this book. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful what? Witness of the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jesus is described here as the witness. He bears witness. We find this number two. Number three. Again, each of these are important as we build our study. Number three, the, the number three, speaks of divine number. It's a divine number. Look with me in this chapter, verse number eight of this chapter. He says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning of the end. We're going to see three things here is this that tells of his divine nature. He which is, which was, and which is to come. We find these three things that chat, uh, verse number eight speak of that tells us the divine nature of, of, of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28, 19, if you'll write that, he says this, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in these three things, the divine number, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, baptizing them in this, the, 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 the number three, when we're going to read of that and it speaks of it, it's going to speak of the divine nature. Again, church, this is important because numbers are important to God. And for us to understand what God is saying through his word, it's important for us to understand the significance, the biblical significance of these numbers. The number four. You write this down. The number four is a number that represents the earth. It's the earth number, this physical earth. In Isaiah chapter number 11, verse number 12, the Bible speaks of the four corners of the earth. In Ezekiel 7.2, he speaks of the four corners of the land. Now, there are some, there are some that have taken this passage of Scripture literally when he is speaking of Isaiah in Ezekiel, and they've said this, see that? The earth is flat. There's no corners in a sphere. No, it's symbolic what he's teaching us of the four corners or the four ends. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 1, the four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, north, south, east, and west. See, when we get into the book of Revelation, we come to verse number 7. There's some that say they're concerned. They're more concerned about what those angels are going to be doing than the significance of why God is even telling us they're going to be there. Verses are numbers, the number 5 and the number 10. Talk about completeness and fullness and, oh, what wonderful numbers these are. When God uses these numbers, numbers 5 and numbers 10 in the Bible, as we see them in the book of Revelation, we're going to see completeness and fullness. Hear me again. This is what brings peace to the believer because when God uses these numbers, he's going to use these numbers in fullness and completeness. Listen to me, church. Despite what the 
man is trying to get us to un- think about the world today, this world is in God's control. This world is not going to end by 2035. You say, how do you know that? Because according to the word of God and the numbers in the word of God, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation and a thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. At any given day, there's a thousand and seven years left here upon this earth. Oh, the earth is going to be destroyed. The earth is going to, 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 to uh, uh, be destroyed and go away, and there's going to be a new earth and a new heaven. But yes, that's going to happen, but it's going to happen in God's time. It's going to happen in God's time. The number six, when we see it throughout the Bible, we see the number of man. This is important. Revelation 13, 18 gives us the number of the beast. He says, the number of the beast is what? 666, the six being the number of man. The Bible's clear in Revelation 13, 18. Man was created on the sixth day. The number seven, the number seven is, is the number of perfection. We read this number in this passage of scripture several times, seven, 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 all through the Bible. This is significant as we're reading the, the, the number seven because this is a perfect number. Seven days are in a week throughout the Bible. Seven days, they marched around Jericho and on the seventh day, they walked around seven days. Seven is a perfect number. I need to hurry here. Eight, the, letter, the number eight, the new beginnings or the new birth This is important. You know, it's interesting as we see this number eight, we're going to see the new beginnings and the new birth. We're going to see that as as the world is destroyed, that God is going to create all things new. We're going to see this number eight as we read and study this of new beginnings and new birth. But a child, a child in in, uh, the Jews, uh, when a child was born... On the eighth day, that child was circumcised and named. It was a new beginning. It, what's interesting in Colossians 2.11, the Bible talks about the circumcision of Christ. It's a symbol of the new birth that we have in Christ. When we read of these things, that circumcision on the eighth day and the fact that, that uh, the circumcision of Christ, what is it saying? That you and I are new creatures. You and I, old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. Eight is a story of new beginnings and new birth. That's a wonderful thing for us that there is coming a day, as I said, that all things are going to become new. Where do we find that? We find that in the book of Revelation. And it brings hope. First Peter chapter 3, verse number 20, speaks as the eight, eight souls that were saved after the flood. Is it just coincidence that God destroys the earth with a flood and then he brings eight people to begin a new beginning? No, eight is a significant number because it speaks of new beginnings, of new birth. We'll see that through this book. Eight speaks, eight is important because Jesus, it's of Jesus that said this, I make all things new. The number 12 will speak of this, God's governmental number. 
And don't let me bore you on this, please. Again, I'm laying this foundation. It's important for us to understand this. It's important for us to know these things. It's important for us to have this foundation as we study the book of Revelation because by understanding these things, it keeps us on the right track. It keeps us seeing Christ. It gets us, keeps us seeing God's order in God's design, not something that is false and gets us off track. The number 12 speaks of God's governmental number. Oh, this is an, so, so interesting 12 patriarchs, 12 apostles. We're going to see those in the book of Revelation. In Matthew 19, 28, we read of 12 thrones uh, of, of judges and, and 12 tribes of Israel. And, and we read of these things and we read that there's going to be in Revelation 4, 4, 24 sitting around the throne. That 24 represents 12 patriarchs and 12 apostles. What does that represent? Those that were before the cross, the saints before the cross, the 12 uh, patriarchs. Then the 12 apostles represent the church after the cross. And what, what John is seeing, does he only see 20? Four people sitting before the throne. No, it's a symbol of what he sees. What did he see? All the Old Testament saints and all the New Testament saints. He sees them all around the throne of God. It's a symbol, but it's literal what he is seeing through that symbol. You see, today I want us to understand that everything, everything that we're going to read, everything to understand, it's built upon numbers. It is important for us to see that because God designed this. And God brings order to this. And as we view what God designs and God orders, we must understand that everything is built upon this number. And then lastly, I want us to see this today, the spiritual message of these numbers. The spiritual message, and this is where I want you to pay attention, please, real closely today. Because each one of these, through as we study through the book of Revelation, has a spiritual message for every one of us. That number one, the spiritual message that we'll find through the book of Revelation throughout the Bible, for number one is this, there's one God. And that one God is Jehovah. I told you I've sat, I've told you this before, I've sat on an airplane in India with a man and we flew into the capital of India and then flew about a two and a half, three hour flight down into South India. And as I sat there on that flight sitting next to a man, he said, I've never talked to a, never talked to a Christian in person before. In those two and a half, three hours, we just talked about my beliefs and his beliefs. And I began to tell him, one God began to tell him about Jesus Christ, that God loves us. And I began to tell him, and you could see this look on his face. And he began to tell me that in India, they serve some 350 million gods. And they're always in fear. They're always in fear that they forgot one and would offend one. And so they're always trying not to offend one of the gods. So they're, they'll take anything and believe anything because they don't, wanna, they don't wanna forget one. And, and as I would share with him the fact that there's only one God, you could see the look on his face. That one, that spiritual message of the number one is there's one God and that one God is Jehovah. That number two, 
it reminds us this, that number two reminds us that Jesus is the faithful and true witness. Jesus Christ is a faithful and true witness, the Bible tells us. We find that in the book of Revelation. Everything that Jesus says is true. Hear me, that brings hope to those that are maybe discouraged today. That brings hope to those that are weary today. That brings hope that religion has confused today. There's one true God. There's one true witness, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he's faithful, and he's true, and you can trust him. At number three, the spiritual message of those numbers three is that this, there's one triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that triune God loves me. That triune God said he's not willing that any should perish and all should come to repentance. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that second uh, of the Trinity, that, that his son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said to his disciples, I'm going to give you a, the spirit of God to live within you, to comfort you. Listen to me, we have, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit to guide us and to comfort us and to lead us while we're here upon this earth. Number four, with the spiritual meaning of number four, this is our Father's world. You hear me today, God has a plan. In, in the kingdoms of this world, right now it seems like the kingdoms of this world are in control and out of control. It seems like the kingdoms of this world uh, are, are, are doing their bidding and their planning. And it seems like as we're living in this, it seems like there's a level of mistrust, a level of fear. And what do we do? I want you to know this, that this world, ultimately it belongs to God. This is our Father's world. And there's coming a day that Jesus Christ is going to set up his kingdom upon this earth. And forever Jesus Christ will rule and reign here upon this earth. We'll find that in the book of Revelation. And see, what I'm saying is this. We look through at times, and all we do is see the fearful things. And there's many in this room, maybe you've been through series on Revelation where you've walked away, and it's caused more stress and more anxiety and more fear. Today, as we study through this book, I want us to point to Jesus Christ. Is there fear upon this earth today? Yes, there's fear. Is there misunderstanding? Is there worry? Yes. But there's coming a day that our God is going to reign and rule. How do we know that? because his word tells us. How do we know we can believe it? Because Jesus Christ is faithful and true. Amen. Number six, the letter six, the spiritual meaning tells us this. You and I aren't perfect. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But then with the spiritual meaning of the, of the number seven, it reminds us, and as we see this seventh all through the book of Revelation, God has provided perfection, and it's through his son, Jesus Christ. I was in a conversation this week with someone about this. It is such a wonderful thing to know that when God sees me, he doesn't see me for what I've done. He sees Jesus Christ. And it is Jesus Christ that has reconciled me back to God. God has provided a lamb. 
God has provided a perfect lamb, something that you and I cannot ever achieve. You and I, dead in trespasses and sin, there's no good in us. There's nothing we can do to merit God's favor. But oh, listen to me, you don't have to try to merit God's favor. Jesus Christ did all the work on the cross. Number eight. Number eight, and the, number eight, the spiritual significance is this. I can be born again in a new start. How many of you today have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you are so glad that he makes all things new? Aren't you thankful for that? The spiritual significance of the number 12, as we'll see throughout the Bible through this book, is this. I'm going to enter through one of those 12 gates and we're going to see the Lord rule and reign in glory. See, those are the spiritual significance. And every one of the spiritual significance of those numbers that we're going to see, it shows us the order and the blessings of God. You see, in Revelation 1-3, I remind you, the Bible says this, Blessed, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear, and those that keep. You see, knowing revelation doesn't bring fear and anxiety. Knowing the book of Revelation is knowing the revealing of Jesus Christ. It brings peace. It brings makes sense. It brings us out of a turbulent time into the, the understanding that all things are in God's control. And the numbers that all through the Bible that we're going to see show us it's all in God's control. It's all in his time. You see, there's a spiritual significance of these numbers. And the, the, the spiritual significance that I want each and every one of us to walk away with here today in this room is this. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. He came and he died on the cross so that you could be born again. You see, the, the goal, the whole goal throughout the book of Revelation is not to scare people, is not to, not to debate things that we don't know. It's to bring people to the place where they recognize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the one that which is, which was, and which is to come. Jesus Christ says, fear not, I am the first and the last. It's all about Jesus Christ in him revealing to us who he is and his plan for all the ages. And I want to invite each one here today. I hope that you'll stay. I hope that you'll be excited about this study as we are just getting off the ground here our second week in this book of Revelation, laying that groundwork. But if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I want to invite you to Jesus Christ. I want you to realize this, that you're a sinner, that Jesus Christ loves you and died for you that Jesus Christ wants to save you. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, the Bible says this, thou shalt be saved. How do I know that? Because Jesus Christ said this, I am the faithful and the true. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. 
If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.